This is a slaying moment. everybody and welcome back to another episode of slaying for me episode 14 thank you guys so much for coming back every wednesday and um listening to us if i sound a little crazy or i sound like i'm in my head guys i am getting over allergic reaction to this tree child the tree tried to take me out (laughs) it tried to take me out (laughs) y'all so i'm still recovering from like stuffy nose you know this like Allergy season is not no joke. And this is my first time ever experiencing that. So it's at an all time high for me. So if I get the cough and sneezing, I'm going to try not to do that in the mic. And I hope that it pass, passes me by. Oh, Lord. Um, And also, if you guys hear like some banging, they're doing construction outside Um, in his after work hours. So if you so happen to hear anything while we're recording, just disregard it. Um, they're doing some construction and I can't control it. I can't yell out the window and be like, stop y'all. Although it's after the hours that they're supposed to be doing it. But anyway, anywho, this week has been amazing. Um, I told you guys that I've been doing my therapy and, um, on Thursday, I did my therapy session, honey. Um, and my therapist is just amazing and she's been helping me really define who I am, redefine who I am and rediscover who I am. And, um, it's so funny because I had like posted a video on my Instagram for those of you who haven't followed me and you don't follow me. My Instagram is Alana Fuss, A-L-O-N-A-F-U-S-S. On my Instagram, I think my Instagram is pretty, um, when you think about, it, it has positive energy, it's self-love, it's self-care. So it represents a lot of what I talk about on the podcast. But I did a video last week um, of me posting myself in a time when I really, really loved myself. Like I really loved who I was and where I was in life and how I saw myself and my, the, the way I portrayed myself to the world, like everything about myself I loved and I like posted this video with Beyonce song flaws and all great song right because you know she talks about how the person that she's in love with loves her with the flaws and all but have you ever really thought about the moments in your life when you really loved yourself flaws and all right when you really sat and th- think about like dang I love the fact that one of my ears is bigger than the other ear Or one of my, you know, my leg is thick and I got a little chip chip or, you know, I'm real thin, but I got a cute face, you know, you know, stuff that the flaw people that were things that people would call flawed, you're looking at it as a positive outlook. And it's like, I, that video really like transformed my life. And, uh, I was just like, yeah. I love this. So I just posted it on my Instagram. So if you guys want to go check it out, it's a great, cute video of myself. And sometimes I feel like you need to do cute videos about yourself. Also doing my reflection, I was having a conversation with um my best friend in a whole wide world who so happened to be my husband. We always have really good conversations, but we were talking about how moments in our life as artists, because we're both artists. And I wanted to welcome him in the to the conversation so i want to go ahead and welcome my husband into the conversation tony tony gonzalez who is the 
creative director of paintingandblue.com, honey, Painting and Blue. So I want to welcome him, to, him into the conversation because I want to talk about how as artists, we get out, we've been in situations that have kind of like morphed us to have boundaries. So, hey. What's up? Hey, how you doing? I'm alive. I, you always see everybody, every, one another every day. But yeah. I think yesterday we had a really good conversation, which I thought was really great. And I said, oh, we got to talk about this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about it on the podcast. I thought it was like um, a conversation that we definitely needed to highlight on the podcast today. So yesterday... I was, we were having a conversation about artists and I wanted to, you to chime in because you've been an artist a long time. Like you've been living that artist life a long time. And we were talking about how, when we discovered stories about the times that we discovered our creative boundaries mm-hmm. and I would love to hear from you. So first tell everybody how you started, how you started as an artist. Like how did you, when, when did the artist bug touch you? professionally or just like in general in general and you oh, can go in more into the professional I, 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 yeah i've been this way since i was born literally like you know not as i like it's weird when people ask you that question because like or somebody tells you to explain that because it sounds really pretentious it's like i've been creating my whole life like but literally i really have been you know pen pencil paper pen and paper since i was since i could hold up yeah. a, a, a instrument you know what i'm saying but uh professionally <clears throat> well i say i, I picked up painting when i was 16 and then, um, kind of been at it ever since then. Um, professionally, like when I first started getting paid for real, for real. Yeah. The first time I got paid for a painting, I was 18. My Spanish teacher, she bought a painting for me. Oh, that is so cool. That was the first time I got paid for a painting. And, um, uh, it was like $75. And it was at an art show in my school. I was the only one that sold the painting. And, um, then, uh, after that, kind of like, well, professionally, because you know it's professional once you really get money for when you start getting money for it. I was 20, like 20, I want to say like 22, mm-hmm. 22. Because uh, so I started, I, I painted for a long time, like I said, since I was 16. But um, I got into like customizing art toys. Like anybody who knows like Kid Robot, uh, Toy 2R, like, my, you know, all those uh, um uh, rubric like all those toy companies or whatever they used to sell like kid robot would sell blank toys they had the money the dunny um raffi like they had a bunch of stuff but at the time it was just the money um so i would buy those blank and i would paint them i would do like characters and stuff like that i did that probably for like maybe two years something like that maybe a little less than that i don't know but i did it for a little bit so i would sell them for like 50 dollars here uh, and i there was this guy named hug g like he was selling these joints for like $800, like these little five inch toys for $800. And I'm like, that's, that's insane, bro. I want to get, I want to do that. But, um, yeah, like I really, I really have been passionate about my art since I was yeah. a little kid, but I really took it to the next level when I was 24. I was 24 and, um, I was working at Urban Outfitters. I was 23, 24, something like that. Okay. And, um, and uh I, I was like twenty four turning twenty five, something like that. Around there. I was there. I was there. Early right. early twenties. And I worked at Urban Office for two years. And I only worked there because I can get a discount on the toys. Okay. And um You got to like, supply your supply your your product. Exactly. I, they <laughs> sold the toys. So like I get them for like they're ten dollars, I get them for like two dollars. 
So I, I, that's the only reason I took that job. And plus, it was like 10 blocks away from my apartment. Right. So um, at, when I was there, I had got hooked up with um Tom's, the shoe company. That's cool. Yeah, I got hooked up with them. And um, I did a program with them, like a, a, a live customization thing with them through Urban Outfitters. And then, of course... They liked me so much that I worked with them five more times by myself, mm-hmm. like as an independent contractor. But um, I painted like the break room at my job. Mm-hmm. I did my first mural during that time. And um, after that, I was just, I already knew what I wanted to do, but I kind of was like, yo, I can really, 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 really do this. Right. And then there was like a 10 year stretch when I was just like balls to the wall, like the whole, I hate the starving artist thing. But you kind of end up falling into that because art is not a it's not a, a genre of a career. It's not a career path that like people find success easily. Right. You know, like I didn't want to do cartoons. so I didn't want a job with Disney. Right. You know, so then you end up just doing a bunch of shows and meeting a bunch of people and doing a bunch of suspect stuff. You know? And it's so funny that you say that, like you end up just doing a bunch of stuff to kind of like get yourself known. And I feel like that was one of the conversations that we had yesterday because I was explaining to you how, you know, like you, I started pretty young cause mm-hmm. I always was in performing arts and yeah. I did, you know, theater and I did dance and all of that great stuff. But I got my start when I was a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And um I spoke about it on the last episode of in the comparisons episode about me doing a Shakespeare competition. But after I did that Shakespeare competition, I became a paid actor for like from sophomore up until my senior year of high school. That's what's up. And you know, that situation was even different for me because I was a new talent. I had was learning the craft of acting. Yeah. You know, I was good at it. It was something that I was so interested in, but I was learning from the ground up. And as a young talent and as technically a, a child talent, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you, they're morphing you into a lot of different things and they're trying to teach you their techniques. And I remember, um, one of the head of the company, she ended up like, you know, I had outgrown the program. So when I was going to gra- when I was graduated from high school, I was going to leave anyway. Right. So, um, one, one thing about me when I, discovered that I wanted to be an artist or I wanted to go into performing arts. I took it so very serious because it was a way of expression for me. Like I was looking for a way in a sense, I was yearning for a way to express myself and like the other kids that some of the other kids that were in a program that was just in it so they can be seen and they can be paid and we traveled and all this type of stuff. They really didn't take it seriously where I did. And when we would be in rehearsal and they would be like goofing off, I would be like, you why are you doing this? Like, this is a job. So it was serious for me. And they would tell me that, you know, um, I'm deterring people away from, you know, the program because I was taking it so serious. But to me, it was very serious. And they made me feel bad for, in a sense, made me feel bad for being a person that took my job very serious. Although I was having fun, but when it came to us, the presentation part, I didn't want to be out there looking crazy. Right. So if we're a team, when you're part of production, it's a team effort. So if you don't come with your lines and I got to pick up your lines, I look stupid in the scene with you because your lines, you don't know your lines. That's, you know, you don't know your lines. Yeah. And, um, I always felt like when I get into situations that I, that situation taught me that I shouldn't have to conform to anybody. 
when it comes to my artistry. If you're not on my level when it comes to me creating or you're not able to work at the same or at least close to the same work ethic as me, it's no point of us being on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's conforming in a, a different way. That's a, a different way. That is like like that's your uh, your um, artistic integrity. Like that's yeah, so I get what you're saying. Yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah, that's your art- artistic integrity. I mean, you technically go get, like, I mean, the art world will try to get you to go against your, your integrity every all day. the time, every single day. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, how are you looking at yourself? Like, dang, am I doing it right, or am I not? It make you want to fit in so hard, so bad. Once, all right, once you get into the art world in general, you you. Everybody starts at zero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But no matter what, you want to fit in. No matter yes, what. No matter you what. Be like, it. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter how many morals you have. Like, like oh, you probably going to be against doing some shit. But like, <laughs> no matter what, <laughs> you're going to do something that you're going to want to fit in. Right. You know? Or you're going to end up like holding your tongue on some stuff that. That you should have said something about. That you should have said something about. I mean, you know, I, like, it's, it's a, it's. It sounds cliche, but it really is a grind, like to just be a creator. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's social media made everything a little different. It made everything a little. Cause you can be a solo act. Yeah. It's a gift. That's a gift and a curse, though. Social media is a gift and a curse, man. But like, for like right now, I, f- I feel like because of the, the, the invention of like YouTube and all these like private, right. these, these not, it's not private, but like these platforms, these solo platforms, like attention is the number one commodity. And right. everybody's like fighting for it. And there's people that's just willing to do so, so much, much just to be hot. Like I, attention and copying, like it's not much originality. You don't see like a lot of originality. And when you find it, it's like hidden. Well, this, yeah, I agree. No, I, I completely agree. But like the thing, the reason why there's no originality is because everybody just celebrates mediocrity. Like yeah. everybody likes to just be wherever they are. That's it. No, like, that's it. I'm pe- in this pocket. Yeah, yeah. People create out of convenience. Like, this is why we, we, res- you know, people hated and respected people like Virgil Abloh. He was willing to just, just mess stuff up. Like, he, yeah. he, wanted, he wanted to mess the game up. He wanted to flip everything on his head. Like, people hate Kanye. Kanye wanted to flip everything up and do yeah. something different. Like, very rarely do you find people who want to be themselves. And like, I, you know, it's funny. I always say, like, everybody want to be somebody, but nobody wants to be themselves. Like, people are afraid to just be, you know? So when, d- when like tell me a time in your life that you felt like you had to conform to be to fit business wise yeah i mean yeah business wise or in an art form like something that you like a time in your life in your career in your journey your creative journey where you had to like really like okay i'm gonna bite my tongue on this or i got to take this l or i got to be silent on this or i'm just gonna take this so i can get move on to the next thing that's 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 all through and that's almost the beginning of anybody's career right that's all but the, like, like what's a pivotal moment because we all have those moments you, you know like when said, i was able to say no when you were like i'm never gonna do this again like not to that person but to yourself yeah oh oh i mean it wasn't like one specific time it was kind of like just just a montage a, of a bunch a bunch of different different events or right whatever. but like you know for me like honestly i, I didn't did a lot of shit <laughs> i did a lot of stuff right you know chasing chasing a dream for so long like you end up and then i'm from new york so it's like you end up in a lot of different scenes you know like i didn't live paint it at sex parties and i didn't you know had live paintings on stage with certain artists that i won't name because they won't ever they never returned any of my dms <laughs> <laughs> and i'll never give him the shine for that but like um, and he stole me money too. 
Uh, All right. Yeah, he does. He still owes me money because I bought him a canvas and he never paid me back for it. Yeah. And he messed up one of my paintbrushes. But um, I'll tell that story in my book one day. Okay. But um, anyway, yeah. So, to, you know, for for me, it was kind of like you you gotta you you gotta bite the bullet no matter what you do. Right. Um, I never went against anything that I believed in. That's one thing I'll always. I never went no. against anything I believed in. I can say that from jump. I've done some shows that are like, all right, I shouldn't even be here because I'm better than people. Not even right. on some arrogant Ego, shit like I'm, i shouldn't even be here right now yeah you know what i'm saying um i didn't so yeah i don't i don't think there's too much i i i went against for i went against or conformed to it was just like doing stuff i really didn't want to it made you because i had to yeah you know it's like okay if you're an unknown person you got to do what you got to do for exposure right like you know you know what for me what made me feel stupid and i'm, I'm mm, this yeah what made me feel stupid was instagram Instagram made me feel dumb for a small pocket of my life. Wow. So at this point, I was, this was like 2000, like 13 or 14 to about 16. Okay. Um, I felt like it, this was the first time in my life I felt like I was in competition with people. The oh, wow. first time in my life. And I remember like I was, um, hanging out with, with, uh, shout, shout, shout out to Ty, Tycho Moon. Um, I was hanging out with him. Um, and then it was somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say his name. It was somebody else. Um, for some reason, I don't know what it was. He made me uneasy. Something about him bothered me. Yeah. Um, the way he would like promote his work and the, the way he went about it, like how he leached and stole certain ideas from people, but then act like, Oh, I don't know, bro. I just saw it. Like, I don't know. And I'm like, stop, just yeah. stop, you know? So, um, at that point, I had felt like I needed to, I needed to be on Instagram all the time. Like I was posting four times a day. Oh, that's a four lot. times a day. And after doing that for like a year, I was like, "Why the hell am I doing this? You're overdoing Why it." Why am I? Granted, I, I had a lot of work. I worked a lot. I did a lot of right. stuff. I'm like, you, you know. But um, I felt so stupid. Right. I, was like, I don't have to do this. I do not have to. I don't have to like change my like my view on things just so somebody can notice me and right. in all honesty i didn't have my my joseph's boy page since like 2010 2011 it came to android something like that because i had an android at the time right um 20 uh, i don't shout out to everybody who even has android now like you're bold yeah. you're bold <laughs> not bold <laughs> you're brave <laughs> i mean when you say that about like you know moments in your life when you were like kind of like you knew you were doing too much and you conformed to something i mean i haven't experienced that yet like me social media has not dragged me in it has not sucked me in like i really keep myself at a a, at a healthy (laughs) can you can you remember do you remember when you got more than 10 likes for the first time do i remember when i got more than 10 likes for the first time you no you remember the first time you got 100 likes no i remember both you do like you were following i I mean i just i just keep myself at a healthy distance when it comes to social media because one i feel like it's one of those things that you can easily be be sucked into yeah i looked i look at it as either a tool or entertainment i can't you know what helps though what you can tell who got praised growing up not just as a child but like in general like even as a teenager you can tell who got praised because most people who got praised and got a lot of uh cheering say stuff like that i never let it get to me and it's like i'm sorry i need to be this shit because nobody cares about me like 
you can tell who got praised and who didn't. Not even trying to make fun of you. No, but but that's a great great perspective. Like, like, seriously, because I never even looked at it in that in that mindset because I just never really paid any attention because I was like, I don't really care. It was it was less it was less of I I can't say popularity mattered to me. But I can say, like, I wanted I, to be known. I wanted to be not known. I want. I wanted to be successful. I wanted people so to buy my shit. So you equated success with the amount of likes at one point? No, no, no. Because I knew likes brought eyes, and eyes brought brought dollars. Brought dollars, right? Like I knew. Like I understand the game. Like I grew up watching wrestling, so I yeah. understand what it's like to do that. You know what I'm saying? But like for me. To me, like it was like social media was just like, all right, I need to do this. Like I need to it's be a on tool. this. It's a tool. Like right. I knew what it was, and I'm all right. I'm gonna use everything I can. But it's funny because, like, a lot of the shows I've done, I've I've met some really really shitty people. You know what I'm saying? I've met yes. some really shitty. They didn't come off as shitty at first. They morphed. But it's like you really <laughs> learn who they are, and like me wanting to. And you know what? And you asked me, um. Uh, what was a moment? I did have a moment. Like What's that. your moment? And I completely forgot about it. So there was, um, there's no beef with the guy who I did the show with, DJ Pumpkin. He, he, cool dude, real cool dude. I heard some shady shit about him. I, it's never been proven, so I really can't say that. But for me, cool dude. He would do these big group shows in, um, Alphabet City, Avenue A, Third Street. I forgot the name of the bar, but he did these shows called Love It or Hate It. Okay. And I didn't do the first one. He found, he found, we met through a live painting that I would do. With um uh this party called Funkbox NYC, shout out to them. Uh-huh. Um, we, he's a DJ, so I met him. And he's like, "Yo, you want to be on my show? Your stuff is up on my cool." You know, how, you know how it is in New York. You meet somebody, it's easy to just be somewhere. Right. So I go do his show. When I tell you, it was like eighty, not even I'm lying. It was like fifty artists just in, in this one show. room. It was it was a it was like the bottom of a club. It was like downstairs in a club, uh-huh. and um it was like fifty artists. And I'm like, cool. I met people. I met some really cool people. That I'm cool with it today. Um, but, uh, I had these four paintings, these four, like six by six paintings or eight by eight, like whatever. It's like these squares. And, um, I didn't sell anything. I was like, all right, cool. Like whatever, like it happens. This is, I'm like 28 at this time, 27 Mm -hmm. around there. Yeah. 28, 29. And I'm like, all right, I did three of his shows or whatever. Right. And at this time, like people were like, I'm heavy. I already have my style. Like my work is People, the people recognize my right. shit at this point. Like, I don't work so hard. Like, people would call me and be like, yo, I saw some of those line work on it. Did you do that? I'm like, yeah, that's mine. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was there at the show and at this point, people were like, oh, you know, I want something from you. So pricey, so pricey, so pricey. I'm like, I fell into that. I'm like, man, maybe I gotta make artwork that's affordable for everybody. And I'm like, let me do something. Wow. Man, when I tell you, because to me, it was so easy for me to make my work oh. that it really took nothing for me to make it. And you I didn't think my, about the value. I took my my talent for granted. Wow. Because it's like, oh, I can do that. I can do that shit in my sleep. I can wake up and do that. Give me 20 minutes. I got right. it. I can do it. And not to please everybody, but to own some, like, I knew what I was capable of. Right. And I just overshot. So one day I had these, like, 16-inch uh, pieces of paper. I used to buy... um thick watercolor paper from from blick and i would like cut it up into pieces and mm. just make shit so i had these pieces this is when i was like doing a run of cartoon characters for some reason which i like never do but for some reason i did it for like a year oh, okay i don't know why but I, I did it so um i was at the show and uh i had this pink panther piece right i had these three pieces up it was like i did pepper Ann. you know you know that cartoon yeah with I did the pe- long stockings yeah i love pepper Ann. i did pepper Ann. i did like woodstock from uh charlie brown the bird uh-huh. and something else bless you 
I'm fast. Excuse um, me. <laughs> and, but I changed the colors, did my line work, yeah. and stuff or whatever, right? So somebody had looked at the paint and was like, huh, that's cute. Like this dude, real arrogant. His shit is, his, his stuff is whack as hell. Still to this day. Like it's corny, very repetitive. And people, he realized it because he got like 25,000 followers fast. And so he thought he was the shit. Uh-huh. So, um, I'm standing there, shows going on, and I'm like, all right. I told myself, when I tell you, I was like down in the down yeah. in my life, right? That, at that point, I'm talking like couch surfing, desperate to make some money. Like, I right. really just want so much. He so was, was on like, the struggle artist, too. Bro, I'm in those, it was like four specific years. I was like popped completely. Right. So I'm in the middle of the show. Mind you, I had walked there. Um, I didn't want to have to train because I didn't want to get no ticket. I didn't want to get arrested. I walked from the Bronx. To the lower east side. Oh my God. And I walked back home because I didn't have no money from that show. So I'm standing, I'm talking, this white dude walks up to me, right? And, uh, I show him the Pink Panther piece. He goes, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like, you remind me of this, this, and something. Like, I thank you. He goes, How much? I said $20. He goes, He handed back to me and was like, It needs to be more. He just walked away. I was like, What the fuck? And it wasn't just because he was white. It's because nobody's ever said that to me before. Wow. Told me I was selling myself cheap. cheap. And oh, then wow. I heard Eric Thomas talk about it. He says, Bentleys don't go on sale. They don't. Lamborghinis don't go on they sale. They do not. And Teslas don't either. Tesla, no. So, to, and <laughs> funny, I'm going to talk, talk to you about that off the air. I heard a really good something about something like that. Uh-huh. About pricing or whatever. Yeah. But like at that moment, I was like, yo. I am never meeting anybody's level that's not mine. No, don't you lower gotta, your expectations. You got to come to my world. And you know what's so funny? Just to kind of like piggyback in um, on that. It wasn't something similar to that. But like not lowering your expectations when it comes to your work ethic in general. Like even if you're providing a service or you're getting paid for something. Yeah. So coming from a production standpoint, when I do anything, I produce anything, I make sure that, you know, if... I have a budget. I always want to pay my staff. I always want them to know that I value them being a part of my project. So what morphed me to be that person as a producer was when I was in a production and I was an actor and I did like a show and the director, she was not, the producer was not a great producer. Mm -hmm. She made it seem like it should be a privilege for us to be a part of a show. So the privilege is on both sides. Anybody like, mm-hmm. you know, when you did your live um, art painting, your live painting um, show, your live art show, mm-hmm. you know, it was a privilege for you to have the DJ because the DJ did the music. It was a privilege for, excuse me, you to have, you know, um, the people doing the bar and the food and Without stuff. Without them, the show wouldn't come together. It wouldn't be what it is. Nope. Right. Nope. So she made it seem like it was a privilege for us to be in her show. Yeah, it was. Solely one sided. Right. But it wasn't a privilege. It, it, she didn't. She didn't appreciate us mm-hmm. as much. Or if she did, she did not express that in the interview. It's yo. She did not express that <laughs> at all when we would do rehearsal. I would tell people who did events like. So here's my thing, and like this goes to anybody who's a painter who does live painting because I've done. I've been doing live painting since 2009. Um, that's a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I started in 2009. I, in my opinion, mastered whatever I do by 2013, right? Um, I would do live paintings at, at this is before I was getting paid, right? Like, paid, paid. Like, I was like, oh, you, you know, it, it was exposure. It was exposure. Like, oh, people are going to be there. People are going to be there. Um, 
I did this one. I can't remember the name of the group, but I did this this uh live painting film. They stuck me somewhere in in the damn corner, and I couldn't leave because I agreed to be there. Like my name was tagged in the video, so I'm like, right. I gotta show up. Like I'm a man of my word. So mind you, they I was supposed to. So at that time, I would I, I would always do raffles so that way I can guarantee I go home with right. something. You know, like I did dollar raffles, and I would leave like three hundred, four hundred dollars or whatever. Like right. so they would they didn't announce my raffle. None of that stuff. Like they just left me in the windows. I, like, I bet when I saw the promo video, oh, I was all over that. I was all over the video. Like we got live painting. We did this and we did that. Yo, when I tell you, I called her and I was like, "Don't you?" Um, I know you don't really curse on your show. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I was like, "Yo, don't you ever in your fucking life play me like that?" And she was like, "You're talking to me like that because I'm a woman." I said, "No." I said, "Because if it was your brother on the phone, I would say the same thing." I was like, "I'm not disrespect you in any way." I said, "You disrespected me. You played me." I said, "Everybody throws these." And this is when I was like, "I'm not doing no more shows in New York." Too right. Much. I was like, "Everybody puts these shows on, and y'all want to act like it's a." privilege for for these artists to come get exposure from you you wouldn't have the promo you wouldn't have the good look on the video people come because this they is a see, big part right. of it like if you didn't have this it'd be some dry ass toast crouton <laughs> salad and some fucking it'd just be a dry event it'd be a dry ass event right like, you know and then it went from that to like everybody's like oh you know what i i can use you for painting tip i'm like i'm not just delegated to that either i'm no, bigger than that you know right. so it's like people want to act like oh it's my event it's my party it's my this like you lucky you here no without them it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be this. So ex- that's exactly what I'm saying. So the mm-hmm. the lady, um, she did not appreciate us. Like she, yeah. it, it, even in rehearsal, she would just come in, and it was not positive energy. Like when I do rehearsal, when I'm doing a production, I it's family. We're mm-hmm. fa- we're a family for however many months we're about to rehearse to pull this production together. Yeah. So we're getting to know one another. You know, we might not go. We not might not about to walk away being besties but we're gonna know enough about one another where we you feel comfortable you feel like this is a healthy camaraderie yeah Mm -hmm. healthy work environment it was not healthy at all like i was (laughs) i was saying to you the other day like i was one of the leads in the play and she will come in she hired a director this is how dysfunctional this lady was and she did not know what she was doing Mm -hmm. and let me just say this sometimes we, when you're starting off as an artist, mm-hmm. we know that some of the people that's in the head don't know what they're doing. They don't know and what And unless doing. you are okay with like, I'm just going to figure this out. I feel like if you feel like you know more than a person that's running the event, you need to, you need to say something. You need <laughs> to leave. Something. Just leave. Don't even stay. Don't even, you know, unless you deciding to stay and you're going to gather yourself and say, look, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to hold my tongue. I'm going to just take this take whatever is happening because i really want to be here and i see something for it so for me in that particular situation that's what i was looking at i was mm-hmm. just like okay this is another opportunity for people to see my talent blah 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 blah. the play was fine the play wasn't a bad play it had a great message whatever whatever but the work ethic the the work environment was hostile like yeah. she would come in and the director would block us for something she would come in and completely just Throw away all his mm-hmm. blocking. And mm-hmm. he'd be standing there like, well, why am I hired? What like, am I doing, yeah, what what am I doing, doing here? Yeah. Like, and she would like talk to us like we were children. And one particular day I was like, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, I'm not going to be spoken to in this manner. Like, oh, yeah. I want to be a part of this production, not that bad. but not that bad. Yeah. Like, and she was like, well, I didn't mean it and all this type of stuff. You meant every word you said at every rehearsal that you said it. Mm-hmm. 
that particular situation made me realize I was not meant to be no actor. <laughs> I I mean, I called it. After that, I did not do another production. I didn't I wasn't a part of anybody else's production because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I can be that experience like that you know that how they say church hurt mm-hmm. i had production hurt like i was just like <laughs> i couldn't i was just like i would never ever she made me realize where my boundaries was if i do not feel comfortable in a place or i don't feel like i'm gonna get my best mm-hmm. or i feel like i'm being mistreated i'm exiting i don't give a hell if it's about exposure Expo- i can be exposed god will expose me wherever i'm supposed to be well yeah if something's for you you're gonna get shown eventually you right know? like i that that's my issue with people who put on events a lot of people put on events simply for arrogance it's just like oh i can do this so i'm gonna do it i got the money i can do this or whatever like it's me i came up with the idea i'm the genius it's my own and it's like, what? so what is your artistic what are your boundaries as an artist these days or as a creative what boundaries do you have that are like make a no is no breaking them yeah oh you can't tell me i can't say no Mm. (laughs) you can't tell me that and whether i have the resume or not you can't tell me i can't say no now there's a there's a thin line on that because a lot of people you are allowed to tell you to say no to something yeah there's ways to do it you may not have the resume you want right now like in the beginning of your career whatever but you still say you're still every exposure all exposure is not good exposure so that doesn't mean you have to say yes automatically to everything say, hey, it's not for me and i wish i would have said no a lot more often earlier yeah in my mind been I had, selective yeah in my mind i had to be everywhere yeah you know what in actuality that's not true um so you can't tell me i can't say no um that's probably like my number one number one that's it <laughs> that's like, all because i can say no to whatever i want and that's not arrogance that's me protecting my space um i do want i do want and i do want some respect like not just for me but i mean in general for like, what i'm doing in ha- general right i have this thing for me like i don't and and i heard somebody like eloquently explain it better than i did right but like, i always tell you i don't want to be the first black person to do this yeah i don't want to be the first person on this like if you you know we're cool like whether you were my wife or not if you were just my friend i'm sorry uh, whether you if we were just friends yeah you just started your podcast you said hey can you come talk on my you'll be like me? Nah. no that's not true no i'm selective i can be selective what i'm Which saying is-, is i'm allowed to say no but if i say i don't want to be the first person respect that Oh, respect that. instead of saying, well, why not? Why right. would you not come? Respect it. That is respect. It. That is because it's, it's not it's it's not that I don't think you're good enough. It's, it's like, the boundary. I don't, it's the, I don't want that 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 pressure of being the first. And it's not I can't live up to the pressure. There's a lot that goes with it. But I feel like if you would explain this, that I don't feel comfortable being the first person on your podcast. I think then it's for me. I, you know, people would probably recept that. Yeah. Be receptive to that. I mean, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and, but I, I do understand that, like, on the flip side of that, I do know that my platform is important for somebody who may be just starting. Right. So I'll do that job, but, like, don't tell people he was an asshole. He said, no, he think he better than everybody. Right. Like, don't do that. I think my boundaries would be, um, I'm off, I'm a filler. Like, if I feel like, one, if I feel like you don't know what the hell you're doing, I'm not coming out. You just, <laughs> yo, I was just about to say, have your shit together. 
You got to. You got to for me. I'm going to tell you something funny. <laughs> so this was, matter of fact, this was when, around the time when I first met you. Yeah. And um, I ain't going to say no names. I'm going to be nice. I don't no, want to start no drama. Oh, my God. Because he the ultimate name right. dropper, y'all. Because I'm not afraid of that. I really no, don't care. I know, but let's but keep the names do, this out. This is your show. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm, I'm not going to mess you up like Cause that. Because I don't know the people. But I did. I but I I be. But I did a uh a a brunch somewhere. It was a midnight brunch. Idea was fire. Midnight brunches is lit. idea is fire. And um, for me, like it wasn't so much the the person I was dealing with at the at the time. Yeah. Um, it was the people like his staff. Oh, the entourage. Yeah, it was his staff that I was just like. I feel like I'm in a corner. Yeah. I don't like this. Like you put me like to put for me when you, this is why I believe in paying creators. Yeah. Um, me, when I was painting at the time, if I come do live painting, I'm doing a service for you. Right. right? This is, this is elevating whatever you're doing. Right? right. Especially when it's at a certain time in the middle of the day. Like if you put me live painting at like two in the afternoon, three in the afternoon, people are more susceptible to buying things. Right. So, Nobody's gonna buy shit at twelve o'clock at night. I've sold stuff at twelve o'clock at night. night. But like they come in to eat. Right. They just left the party. They not coming to buy nothing for me. So like I know I need to get paid so that way I leave with something. I don't want to come up here and just give you free right. promotion because I was definitely putting it on my Instagram. But um I need like I I needed him to kind of have more of his stuff together. More of a because it was just like, hey, I had this idea. You should just come and paint. And it's like No. No. I'm not doing this. Right. I'm not doing this. And then come to find out it was just bad business when we did like an ultimate deal. Yeah. It was just really bad. Now that's not, I was there for that one. Yeah. But when, when you do something for somebody, like don't be afraid, all creators, don't be afraid to question. Don't be afraid to don't ask, ask anything. Right. And if it's not in your pocket, walk away. Uh, yeah. Do what you're like, comfortable doing. I mean, I feel like for me, especially as a creative, mm-hmm. as a creator, mm-hmm. we have to have, we got to ask questions because then people will start talking one talk out of one neck. And then when we get there, I ain't never said that. That's why I say. Ooh, did you have that in writing? Right. Per, per your last oh, email. Oh, so let me tell you. Get that in writing. If we going to do it, it's email. in writing. It's in writing. Don't text me. Don't do nothing because we got a thread. We got dates. Text messages now does that. You know, on, fa- on well, for those people that have iPhone, you can like date yeah. check stuff. Yeah. I think it's um Android. You, I ain't never seen it. You can do it on iPhone. I ain't phones. never seen on Android you can do because it on I ain't never have seen it. But uh, you can do it on okay, I got it, but I ain't never seen it. But um, <laughs> I ain't got no Android. I'm just saying. <laughs> but um, you know, make sure. So for me, make sure you got your stuff together. Make sure it's gathered. And if you don't have it gathered, then communicate it, communicate to me that you don't have it gathered. If you don't got it together, I can't come outside. Like I, I, I agree. Uh, Nicki Minaj says she ain't coming out for less than a hundred thousand. I'm not coming out for less than the shit on the paper. I like got, <laughs> I got somebody I know who just because he was doing for his neighborhood and doing doing with and for his friends, like I don't care who you are to me. There needs to be a contract. I don't care if you my blood brother. Yeah. I'm, once no, the paper is once the real paper that's green, they got them dead faces on I, her as exchange, we need a contract. I always tell people like, yeah, you you know me, but you don't know business, Tony. This is different. Mm-hmm. This is different. I don't play with that shit. And I saw him do a deal with the clothing line. And, excuse me, I thought it was a dope idea. I was like, oh, this is fire. Like, he's bringing his stuff to life. They took his idea and completely fucked him off the deal. Oh, my God. And nothing could happen because why? It wasn't no contract. He didn't own anything and there was no contract. 
So, you know, for me, that's another thing. I'm very <clears throat> sacred. When, even when it comes to my husband, my husband knows this about me to the freaking T. I'm sacred about my business. Yours like, I'm, yours, yeah. I do not allow for too many people to have their hands in my pot. I'm very much like if I'm going to do something with you, it's definitely exclusive. And it's one of those things like I've explained in detail when I'm asking for you, if you cannot abide by what I'm asking of or what you're requesting of me, if I cannot abide to that, then I'm going to let you know I can't do it. Facts. So I feel like, you know, as as creators, we need to think of it. You always say it's um ten percent it's ten percent creative, the rest of it's twenty. It, so uh twenty percent creative, eighty percent business. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your eighty percent got to be on guard because that's not gonna think be the thing that protects you and lets you know what what you can do and what you can't do. And I felt like this conversation was very great and I wanted to have it on a podcast because I know there are a lot of creatives, there are artists, there are artists, there are filmmakers, there are um photographers, there are Arthurs, there are dancers, there are all different types yeah. of creators and artists of all different fields that run into situations like this. You know, exposure is good, but it's not like you said, all exposure is not good exposure. No. And you got to be selective with what you put your, what you allow for yourself, what you allow for your energy to be in, because not everybody's project is worthy of you. Everybody, yeah, everybody don't deserve what you do. They don't. Everybody don't deserve And I what feel you do. like this is a conversation that people don't have. Yeah. They talk about go get it, go grind, go. But no, you got to be go get it and be smart with the go get it and make sure that it aligns with the road that you want to. So, of course, you're going to. I'm not saying this. It's the stuff that I've done that I did not like. Like, I remember I was on a film set and I was a um the assistant to the producer. They did a film. The film turned out great. I thought it was a great script. It was good to be on the set, but it was so stressful. I wanted to do it because it was great for my resume, but, and I met some really great people on that set. But when I tell you me and the producer got into an argument because when they were filming, it was dogs in the house and they wanted us to keep the dogs quiet. Like I was like, that don't even make sense. That's like telling me not to get wet when it's raining. Talk about it. So I was, she was like, well, you guys have to keep the dog. I was like, but these are dogs. These are animals. They're animals. They're ready to go outside. I was like, it'd be a different story if you said take them outside, but they not going outside. You want me in here. You want me watching the animals and doing the other stuff like we can't be doing. So I remember saying to her, you are requesting something that is it, it makes no sense. Yeah. And I remember the other producer who was also the lead of the play. She was like, Oh, I want to, we just want to keep, keep a healthy work environment and blah, 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 blah. I said, but it's, I understand what you're saying, but don't tell me that I shouldn't feel the way I feel. And this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if I can't express how I feel or you cannot receive where I'm coming from with that, then you. I don't need to be a part of this project. Yeah, I was like, and I want to, but I don't need to because you're not even taking in. And that's the thing. Sometimes when you're working with people that are so stuck on what they doing, that they don't remember that it's other voices that make something great. You can't just be in your own head. You can't think about yourself only when you're creating something because there are going to be people that come around in your team that's going to give you different perspectives that's going to elevate what you're doing. Hey, I agree. Well, and, and that's that from the beginning, you got to appreciate what you do. You got to value what you do and understand that, like, I'm sharing this with other people. Right. So not just the public, but the people I, des- I decide to bring in. It's not like I'm bringing you in. It's. 
we're, we're entering we're this together. Making this we're making this together, you know right? So it's like to have to have the arrogance that like you, it's my thing. It's it's right because and it's funny because we have this conversation like not just with you but like I've had this conversation multiple times. It's like why the process is so important, right? Like nothing I make is mine. It's yeah. not mine. Like I'm just a person. Like it's the, I'm the energy. So it's like yeah, t- technically business wise, it's mine, right? But when you make something like there's there's this there's this moment in time like that you just got to value as opposed to just like the finished product you know what and it's so funny that you say that and as you were speaking we were talking about process and Mm -hmm. i realized why what my process is when i'm creating when i create my characters it is mine because i'm going through this situation with but when i release it when i when it goes into production that's my release i don't give a hell about the project after that. Well, yeah, it's you because <laughs> that that creating that's your safe space. So it is that moment in time is it's yours. mine because like, you will be like my work, my script, my what. Yeah. And but then when you go into production or you put it out, you be like, this is this is the artwork, or you will yeah. name it what it is. Like this is the show, this, or this is the project. In 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 the process, like that's your time. So it was yours, right? That's the because. You know, like working on long projects, working on any project, anything like that. Right. It's the only time it is yours is when you are hands on with it. Right. Like, that's your space. That's your thought process. That's your your uh, emotion. That's that is the only time you have ownership. Right. Because like once it's born, it's once born. It's born that's it's, it. That's it. That's it. You are now. once you once you put it once you decide to share with the rest of the world. It's like okay, it's that's out it. there. That's why things like residuals and 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 uh, it works. Copyrights and yeah, like, all that shit works. It's like man, I I I used to um tell people like when people would uh ha- I would meet people oh I have a problem selling this or I have I'm I'm too attached to it and I'm like that's because you don't value your work. Right. You value the attention your work gets, but you don't value your work. And you work. want somebody to say, oh, this is yours. But regardless, if, of course, when you cre- create something, you want, you want to have ownership over yeah, what's yeah, yours. Yeah. I'm, but I'm not saying give it you away. don't need to be in a situation. Once you create something and you j- enjoy the process, your, your stamp is going to be through it regardless. People are going to be like, you know what? Like you said, that's that's um your line work. Somebody gonna read this book and be like, "This is a blah 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 book." Mm. Even before they even look at the name, they're gonna be like, "This is a blah blah blah," because it's the cadence in which you present something. Mm-hmm. Or this is a such like everybody knows Tarantino's show, um, movies because mm-hmm. he's blowing everything up. He has a signature he does. of, of something. All, there's so much blood in his movies. Yeah, it's 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 he has a a, um, a, a theme, a theme, a theme yeah. throughout all of his films. Him, Spike Lee. Yeah, Spike. You have it, and it people over time. Once you release the project, people are gonna see. Okay, this is a reoccurring thing. He always does yeah. this. He uh, this is yeah. his thing. But um, I think that, like I said before, that you know, making sure you know what works for you and being selective with what you put your what rooms you put yourself in, because at the end of the day, you are the only person that knows what is best for your. Your, your, where you want to go and you know where you want to be. And not every place that opens the door and be like, Hey girl, come on up in here. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't be go, in every don't, party. Don't be in every party. No, no that shit is just disgusting. You <laughs> can't do that. What word of advice would you give, um, up and coming artists that are struggling with trying to figure out where they're supposed to step and what they're supposed to start and doing and 
all of that type of stuff. What advice would you give them? Just do. Just like do. if you have to, because the only don't like you can't you you can't get to the finish line if you don't start the race, right? You know what I'm saying? So like it's sometimes sometimes you may not have a plan. Just run, start start jogging. Start yeah, going, you know, it's like if you tell me, hey, you like painting, paint until you figure out what you want to paint. Like right, you know, if you write if you like writing, write until you figure out what you want to make right. a book, a TV show, whatever. Sometimes you may not have a concrete idea, but it's like action. You know, we sit in a world where motivation is important. Don't get me wrong. Some people need it. Some people need it. But there's a huge chunk of people that just need execution. Some people that tell them, like, don't keep sitting down. Don't, 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 you know, because I feel like when we speak about motivation and be like, just get started, just go Mm -hmm. ahead and start doing it and not, not start doing it, but nobody can do you better than you can do. But if you're not doing nothing, how how are you able to do you? One, one thing that confuses me when I look on social media is, is artists who have private pages. How can anybody know what you're doing if you're not showing? If you're private. Yeah. So I would tell anybody, like, just do, just, do what you want to do, make what you want to make, do what you want to do. And don't, it's easy, easier said than done to say, don't pay attention to other people. Right. It's okay to notice other people. Comparison okay is to, good. I talked about it on the extent, last episode. It is. Yeah. Yes. Last it's, episode. it's okay for, for you to be inspired, but, um, imitation is not a form of flattery. It's Mm-mm. corny. Yeah. So make sure you take whatever you like. That's cool. Flip it. Make it yours. Not about who did it first. About and nothing is new under the sun anyway. Right. So uh, something has always been made, but it, Push, I'm sorry to stop, but Pusha T said it best. He's like, um, I'm not reinventing the wheel, just add a new design to it. Yes. Great That's song. Shout it. out to Pusha T for that great album. I just want to thank you so much to my husband, Tony Gonzalez, who is the creative director for Painting in Blue, for coming on and sharing his creative artist story with us and joining this great conversation with me. I think this is so great. Did you have a good time? I did. I Thank did. you so much for coming on. Hey, I'm I'm here. To, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the episode. I just want you guys to remember to go ahead and check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple um, Amazon Music, and RageWorksNetwork.com, where you can find us and all of our episodes. If you have not listened to them, go back and check us out. Thank you guys so so much for coming back every Wednesday. I am so grateful. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Don't forget to follow me on. On Instagram and TikTok at Alana Fuss at A-L-O-N-A-F-U-S-S. Also, don't forget that slaying for you is the best lifestyle to live. Have a good week. Bye.